You're listening to the pulpit ministry of North Life Baptist Church with Pastor Harley Snowd. At North Life Baptist Church, our mission is to encourage each person to take the steps of loving God, growing together, and serving others. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.northlife.church. Now, stay tuned for today's message. Be in God's house. I'll tell you, I'm about as nervous as a cat on a hot tan roof. <laughs> That's all right. I uh, used to do this about four times a day on Sundays, and uh, times changed. As we've gotten older, we've had some problems, and uh, just had to retire. Can't do it much anymore. But we're glad that you've made it your choice to be here Amen. and uh, give me the opportunity to preach at you through that. Let me ask you a question just a minute before I do start. Who do you think it's talking about when we think about the verse of Scripture that's in the book of the Revelation? And you know, we just studied that in small groups. Uh, we're going to study another book tonight uh, and that's we studied in small group just a few weeks ago. What do you think it means, or who it means, when it talks about the verse of Scripture in Revelations 3 and 20? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Any man that heareth my voice and opened up, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Who do you think that's talking about? Sinner? No, I don't think so. Remember there, he's talking to the churches. He's talking to those that, um, that are toward the end time, the apostate churches. Uh, there was only one church that was kind of hanging on, you might say. But um, those that were uh, still falling short. And I wonder sometimes... How much we fall short. Now remember something. There's a difference between relationship and fellowship. If you're related, you're a child of God. That you're born again by the grace of God. That means if you know a day and a time when uh, the Lord Jesus Christ came into your life. I remember my date of birth was uh, February the 18th. 1973 at 12.15 in the afternoon. I remember that just as if I was still there. I remember that. Because it's one of those times that, that we remember that um, well, Christ saved us. And uh, never forget that. Now, have I always been pleasing to God? Well, the answer to that is no. No. So I want to talk about fellowship, conditions of fellowship. If you're related, if you're related um, by the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the shed blood, and uh, I hope that the blood's applied, uh, you will find that, that uh, you're saved and you're secure in the Lord, that there will come a time that you'll have problems 
in your relationship when you have with fellowship with Christ. Now, the reason that we have that difficulty is um, God never saved the natural man or woman. He saved the the inner man, the the spiritual man, uh, and uh, that walks with God, and God walks with him. But uh, the natural man, the the carnal, atomic nature, uh, is what the scripture talks to us about, because we're the outer man is like after the carnal nature, and the carnal nature uh, one day is going to die and go back to the dust from which it came, and we're going to return there. But uh, we're going to have until that time. We have uh, there are some conditions on uh, fellowship uh, with God. Now, look with me in, in the epistle of John, and I always call him little John, but it's still the, the St. John. In 1 John, um, I want to I show you a verse or so in, in uh, chapter 1 before I get into chapter 2. We're mainly going to be dealing in chapter 2 of uh, uh, 1 John. If you notice for a moment, John talks about here, uh, he's seen the Lord, he handled him. He's, uh, he, he said in the gospel of John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, he, he pretty much had a uh, close relationship, and he, uh, remember, uh, he died a natural death. He was only one of the 12 apostles uh, that died a natural death. Uh, he, he died pretty much of old age, even though he was uh, cast on the Isle of Patmos, uh, he, he eventually got out. Look at verse 3 of chapter 1 for a moment. Uh, that which we have seen and heard declare unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write unto you that your joy may be full. Father, bless us tonight as we... I'll look at the word, help us, God, as we study, and we uh, be able to glean from your word if we walk up and down the pages that uh, we'll be found faithful, and that we'll be in your will and doing your work. Bless every life that's here. God, just speak to us, lead us, and guide us. In Christ's name, we ask it all. Amen. Notice for a moment the part of that last verse, before I get into two, that your joy may be full. Psalms 51.12 says, Jesus said, David said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Now, is there joy in your salvation this evening? Are you joyous in having joy in serving God in your walk with God? I didn't ask you how, how your bank account was or maybe even your health, but I ask you how How's your joy with God? Are you happy you're, you're, you're saved? Are you happy that you attend this church? I know, I know most of you are, and I am too. Um, what, makes, what makes you joyous? Do you have joy because of the friends that you have? Uh, do you have joy that you have a Bible, you can study and understand it and read it and walk up and down its pages? 
That's, that's, what, that's what he's asking, that we may have joy in our eyes. All right, let's look at chapter 2 for a moment as we begin to uh, study for uh, just a little bit of the conditions of fellowship. And uh, notice what he says in verse 3. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Notice the first one in your, in your bulletin there, if we keep his commandments. Commandments. The Bible says his commandments are not grievous. The commandments are those precepts and guidelines that helps to keep us on the straight and narrow with God. Because we're walking, we're walking in the pathway of life. That when the Bible talks about going through the way of life, he's, he's referring as if you and I are walking down the road of life. And the road of life has um, detour signs, it has uh, warning signs that says don't do this or don't go there, otherwise you're going to be in trouble. And I wonder sometimes how often do we ignore the warning signs of God the same as we ignore the warning signs of the highway. When it says 55, we probably ought to drive close to 55. I'm sure everyone in here does that, right? Especially you can tell Kurt that and, and Heath and so on and so forth. Instead of just maybe driving a few miles over for, so you don't uh, as get picked up. And so he's saying here to keep the commandments. Follow the guidelines of God. The standards that he has set down uh, you know, we, we have the, the Ten Commandments that was the law. We don't live under the law. But uh, as far as the precepts and guidelines of the law, but uh, a lot of the Ten Commandments are still given in the New Testament. And so he wants us to, to follow those guidelines and, and be able uh, to know which way to live. Notice what he says in verse 4. He that saith, I know him... And keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So if we're not going to keep the commandments of God, we're going to get out of fellowship with God. We're not going to, we're not going to walk in the fellowship. We're not going to walk in the newness and the rightness of life. Fellowship is what we do when we have joy and peace. Remember just a few weeks ago the pastor was talking about uh, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Well, to have peace in their life, to have the joy in their life, is to be able to follow the conditions and the guidelines and the precepts that helps us to have fellowship with Him. And if we have those fellowships with God, then we'll normally have it with one another. Now, when we have fellowship one with another, we, we kind of uh, follow in the steps that's going to lead us to rightness. And we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. And notice, notice what, what he talks about. Uh, if you look at the scriptures in 1 John 5 and 3, and I want you just, just to look there a moment, uh, for this is the love that God, has, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. And notice again what David says. And that Psalms that I quoted just a moment ago in, in Psalms 51. He says, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. Now, 
for us to have joy is to keep the commandments of God, to keep his standards, his guidelines, to be able to walk in those uh, ways that helps you and I to be all that we need to be. And then if you notice for a moment, if, if we went over to Galatians chapter uh, 6 and uh, verse 2, and if you want to, you, can, you don't even necessarily turn there, but you can write it down. Honor thy father and thy mother. That's in verse, that's Ephesians, excuse me. Let me go to Galatians. Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So, if I'm going to keep the commandments and I'm going to keep the guidelines, I'm going to help bear your burdens. And there, there's many ways of doing that. And not just what we can give, but to be able to help hold someone up in prayer, to be able to help someone in their need, to, to help them along the way, to, to take them someplace that they need to be taken, or to look at their house or clean their house or whatever the need is. We need to help one another. And that's one of the good things about this church. We, we do do that. And I appreciate that, and I'm sure the pastor does, to be able to uh, follow those standards and follow those guidelines that we might be able to have fellowship, not just with God, but with one another. Then notice that the, the next thing I want you to get is, is in the very next one, uh, verse 5 there. Let me get back to my scripture here. But notice, but whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know that we are in him. Notice that space you need to fill in your bulletin there is the word. Whosoever keepeth his word. Following the guidelines of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us and is food to our souls. The Bible helps us to stay on the straight and narrow. Not just for us as young people uh, and the middle-aged and moms and dads to be able to help you and I. What, the, what does the Bible says? The Bible uh, it says it's of no private interpretation. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting spirit and soul asunder. I mean, that's what the Word does. It's, it does surgery on our lives. It trims the fat away or the sin that we have to uh, or we seem to get into our lives. Uh, the Word helps us to, to grow. The Word is food to our souls. That's one of the uh, things about uh, preaching from the Word of God. When, when the pastor preaches and teaches, that helps you and I to grow. That helps us to mature and, and, and to do it uh, every um, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesdays. I mean, that's, that just, that is food to our souls. Uh, kind of helps us to, you know, it's kind of hard to go through from Sunday to Sunday, kind of like the midweek where we can kind of get our batteries recharged, you might say, and, and kind of uh, get a little closer and, and uh, talk about the Word. I mean, uh, we haven't yet argued in the class that I know of, so we can, we can discuss and talk about the Word and be able to uh, learn from it, that we'll, we'll be stronger in the Lord, you know, and that's that is food to our souls. Notice, notice in in, in the middle part of that, uh, in Him, verily is the love of God. So, perfected. So we think about 
in, in who? In Christ. In Christ is the love perfected. Now, helps you and I to be perfect. Notice, notice that word love. You know, and in and, and, and the last part of that, hereby know that we are in him. We know that we are in him, and this is one of the one of the conditions of fellowship. When we know that we are in Christ Jesus and, and in God. We know that we have fellowship when we know, not that God knows. God already knows. You and I need to know. You and I need to know, do we have fellowship with God? Am I walking in fellowship with God? Do I have the right uh, attitude toward God? Say, God, you, you don't help me. I don't really want anything to do with you. Or do we just kind of say, well, God, I'll, 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 I'm doing good now. I'll, I'll kind of communicate with you. I wonder how often that would happen if you did that with your husband or wife. If you don't have much communication or you don't really uh, fellowship together. And, and, and it's an intimacy. We, we need to be intimate with the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be intimate with him. And, and we do that when, when we know him. To be able to pull up close to him and call him Abba, Father. Uh, and to say, God, we, we love you because of what you've done for us, because you saved us, and we know you're one of your children. We want to stay in fellowship with you. David knew what it was to get out of fellowship. He did that. He walked the wrong path. I mean, he, he basically, he had it all. I mean, there was a time that he was running from Saul, and Saul was trying to kill him. But he thought, you know, as he... As, the kings were to be, and the kings were to be out with their soldiers and fighting the battles and so on and so forth. David said, I'll take a stroll upon the rooftop. And lo and behold, you know what happened. David, David real quickly got out of fellowship with God. But Nathan came strolling in one day and was talking to him. And he told him the story about the man with the little ewe lamb. He said he, the man wanted to take his last one and, and so on and so forth. And we'll make the story short. You know how it goes. And David said he'll, he, he'll pay with his life. He'll pay fivefold. Nathan said, you are the man. You're the one that's got out of fellowship with God. You're the one that's walked away. You're the one that's done this. David knew that. When you and I do the same thing. I didn't say if, but I say when. Because we have a tendency to be hot up and down, hot and cold. We, we never seem to walk the same way two days in a row, you might say. We can start out on Monday, and we have a typical bad Monday. Lo and behold, Tuesday comes, and the week gets better. By Wednesday, we're so good, we can't go to a Wednesday night service, amen? Or to church on Sunday. And boy, we're at a time right now when it seems like everybody's sick. I know that. 
Everybody's got a bug. But when we have the opportunity, he says, Herein by we know that we know him when we, are, when we are in him. Notice what he says in Colossians 3 and 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace your hearts to the Lord. Singing your hearts to the Lord. Let the word of Christ dwell. That means it needs to be in me. It needs to be deep within inside me. That I can take the word of God and, and, and chew it up and, and be able to taste it and be able to have it and be able to, for it to work properly in my life. I need to handle the word of God like the sacred book that it is and be able to eat it and chew it like John did in the book of Revelation. He took the little book and he ate it. It was bitter in his mouth, sweet in his mouth and bitter in his stomach. That's what the Word of God is. It doesn't always, doesn't always go good in our lives. doesn't always set right. But it's always best for us. Always does the right thing. It always keeps us on the right track. It always keeps us going the right direction. Because that's the Word of God. And then notice he says in Matthew 5 and 14, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So if I'm going to go on to perfect, Paul said, I die daily. Paul said, I die daily. So I need to die daily to the flesh. I, I, I fight a battle. I fight a tremendous battle. And getting a little older doesn't make it any easier. And I, I don't mean that in a, in a disrespectful way. But it's, it's harder sometimes because our bodies that are... If I could get my mind and my body together, I'd be in good shape. Because I can't get them to quite, quite agree. Because there's, there's times that I, I think that I can uh, do more than I do, and really I can't, I guess. So we just need to bring it uh, to a better place. And then thirdly, let me, let me get, you, get you to a place uh, in 12 and 13. Of this same chapter, verse 12 and 13. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for your name's sake. And the third one there is because your sins are forgiven. Do you know tonight that your sins are forgiven? If so, that means you're a child of God. You're a born again believer, child of God. But that doesn't mean that you're going to always walk in fellowship with God. There's some conditions for the fellowship. There's some conditions of being in fellowship with God. There's some conditions in fellowship with the church. There's some certain things that you have to do. There's a certain guideline that you have to follow. And so he says, uh, because your sins are forgiven, notice Notice with me just for a moment in, in, in the same part of that verse. She said, I write unto you fathers because you have known that he is from the beginning. I write unto you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children because you have known the father. Notice the word known again. 
That's one of the conditions of fellowship. When we know the Father. Know Him intimately. To be able to walk with Him like Adam did in the cool of the day. To be able to have relationship with Him. To be able to communicate with Him. To be able to sit down and read the Word of God and know the Spirit is looking over your shoulder, helping you to understand what you're reading. When you, when you get into a Word and, and reading that's hard to understand, one of the things that we need to do is stop for a moment and invite the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost that's given to us that helps us to uh, understand it helps us to um, listen. Because there's sometimes that you and I just need to listen and let God speak to us through the Holy Spirit. There's sometimes that we need to let the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, work through our hearts and minds. You know, the Bible says that if you have not the Spirit, you're none of His. You know, I'm glad today for the Holy Ghost. I'm glad that I have him in my life, that he can direct me and lead me and, and help chasing me when I get off course. And unfortunately, that's sometimes quite often. He helps us to get on track. See, he's the third part of the Trinity of the triune God. He, he's the one that comes. Jesus said, meaning that I go away. Otherwise, he won't come. So I'm glad he came to kind of Hold down the fort, you might say, until Jesus comes back. Because Christ is coming back one day for his church. You know what, when John talks here in this scripture, you know who John is talking to? He's talking to the church. He said, one of the things you have to remember, he said, you have to know the difference between relationship and fellowship. He said, you have to know that you related by blood and you, you know, it's kind of like your children. Your children sometimes gets out of fellowship with mom and dad. And uh, I know mine does. My oldest was 46, and I still have troubles. <laughs> so that's the way it is with, 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 with us and God. We have to kind of, God, listen. When we want to listen to God, when we want God to hear us, we have to be quiet. We have to be still and listen to the still small voice that's speaking and leading and guiding. That we can understand, that we can know what he's talking and teaching and telling you and I. And notice, notice what, what, what he talks about here. When, when, let's, let's go back to the first part of this chapter. Notice something for a moment in verse 1 and 2. My little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous. An advocate. One who pleads our cause or case. Do you realize you have an advocate? Someone that goes your uh, way? Helps you when, when, when you're out of the way. Helps you when you've uh, stumbled. Uh, John said, I'd rather you would not sin. 
But if you do sin, you have an advocate. He said, I'm not saying, because God knows that he, he saved a human individual, an atomic nature, and this body loves, loves to lust and sin. And there's a battle that rages. I'm sure you've, you've already faced that in your life. There's a battle that you fight day in and day out because, you know, uh, we sometimes have a tendency to go on feeling because if, if, if we don't feel good, we don't feel right. We're mad at the world. But we don't live by feeling. We live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, the Bible says. We, we, we live by the indwelling of the Holy Ghost that directs you and I to help us live as Christian and, and believers and, and men and women of God and, and, and boys and girls of God to, to be able to know what God wants us to do. So he says, you have an advocate. Now notice, notice verse 2. And he is a propitiation for our sins, and not our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He's, he's our propitiation. He's our atoning sacrifice. So now we know that we're, we know we're saved. We know that we have that atonement, that shed blood, on the cross of Calvary, that, he, that it was shed for us to be able to have life and have it more abundantly. You know, we're, we're coming into the Christmas season. And I've heard for years, the birth of Christ was not important. Without the birth of Christ, there couldn't have been the cross. Christ first must be born. Even though we came through a stable, even though we came through uh, the the, the, the barn doors and stable in the manger through uh, a carpenter and Mary, his mother. I don't know how God did it, but I know the Holy Ghost overshadowed her. She became with child. I believe that. I believe, I believe the Bible just the way it says it is. I don't question it in any way because it's the Word of God. It's what we stand on. It's what we... It's what we uh, profess our living on. It's what we, we, we cling to. That's the hope we have. That's why Paul says, if only in this life we have hope, then we're of all men most miserable. There's hope beyond this life. There's hope beyond the grave. That way we can have eternal life. You realize we're not going to die. The Bible said we're just going to fall asleep. Stephen, remember the first martyr of the, of the early church. Stephen fell asleep. He looked up into heaven and saw Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He had enough thought and enough inclination in his life to be able to ask the Father to forgive them. Paul said he was there not a Christian. Paul said he stood there when they threw the garments at his feet. Paul always wondered if God would hold him accountable. But the Bible teaches that God forgives sins from as far as and casts them as far as the east as from the west. That's what God does. 
forgives us of our failures and our trespasses and our sins. And so, um, let me let me hurry on real quickly. I'm gonna need to have a tendency to. I wrote my message down because I, I'm not used to that. So you'll have to kind of bear with me. I grew up in a time where they didn't use much messages. We used to have fellowship meetings, and I'll tell you this before I go on. I'm going to go to verse 28 and 29 real quickly. Used to be a story go around, and we used to have, like I said, fellowship meetings, and there'd probably be 50 to 100 churches there and preachers. One day this young preacher was there, and the moderator said, I'm going to have so-and-so is going to come up and speak here a little bit later. And of course, he never prepared when he went, before he went. He didn't prepare. He never made preparations. He never drew, he never made an outline. So preacher sitting by, this older senior preacher, he said, what should I do? He said, I, he said I'm, I'm just beside myself. He said, Brother, pray. Pray, Brother, pray. And he started praying and praying and praying hard. And, and he was down on the, almost on his knees. And he looked on the floor and there laid a folded up piece of paper. He rushed down and picked it up. And, and it was an outline. <laughs> and he got up and preached it later. And this other fellow was sitting there just, I mean, squirming like crazy. And it was his message, the one he just talked to. He got back to his seat and he said, you preached my message. What am I going to do? He said, pray, brother, pray. <laughs> so kind of that's what we need to do is pray, brother, pray. Amen. <laughs> the fourth one I want you to get here this, this evening is in um, 28 and 29. And now, little children, abide in him that he shall appear, that you may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his, at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. If you know the, the blank that needs to be filled, there is righteous, righteousness. Righteousness means to be free from guilt or sin. I wonder this evening, have you thought about that? Are you free from guilt or sin? I'm a sinner saved by grace. Righteousness means morally right or justified. Acting in accordance with divine or moral law. That's what righteousness is. That means rightness. That means to the best of our ability, every day, we need to be right. We need to be right with God. We need to know that, that we're right in his eyes. We're right in, in our relationship with him. Because the Bible teaches that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession. He's there saying to our Father, 
Father, this is one of your children. They're in a need. They're, in, they're, they're having troubles. They're, they're, they're walking through a valley. They're going through a hard time. They're having a difficulty. And God, you can intercede. And he's making intercessions. Making intercessions that we don't even know what we need to be praying for. That's what the Spirit does. He's, we need to be righteous. Notice back up in that verse 28, that word abide. Means to, to stand. Means to endure without yielding. Means to wait for. To abide. When we think about the word abiding, we abide in this life, in this body, in this world, until God says it's time to go. Till God reaches down and says it's time to, for you to leave behind the old world, come to a better place. When John says in that Revelation 3 and 20, when he talks about, behold, I stand at the door and knock, do you realize on your heart's door there is no knob on the, ins on the outside? Do you realize that Jesus cannot walk up and open the door without you letting him in? Jesus wants to have a communication with you. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to walk with you through the cool of the day like he did with Adam. He wants to have a, a, a relationship in, in talking with the Word and talking about all the things of life. You realize what God has made for us in this vast universe, this vast earth that we live in? How much God has made and how much God has created just for our enjoyment? God wants us to enjoy it with Him. God didn't make it just for, just for us to look at. He wants to enjoy it with us. He wants us to enjoy the animals. He wants us to enjoy those things that we, we take pleasure in. You know, it's hard to look at the world today and see all the things that God hath made. Because man's making so much. Have you heard about the new stealth bomber that they just came out? It's all nuclear, by the way. You know what's... I'm not quite sure why they're doing all the nuclear. God's still in control. God still has it all, all right there. That's God. God, God's not going to relinquish that power. He's not going to let man think that, man, he's going to do this and do that. You know, I laugh sometimes about our, at our politicians <laughs> and our world leaders because they think they're number one. God's in control. God's the one. He's, he's, he's the one that we need to have fellowship with. He's the one that's watching. He's the one that we need to understand and, and to abide with and to be able to have fellowship with. I want to wind up on a point, and I want to jump to chapter, chapter 3 just a moment. I'm going to kind of look at chapter verses 4 through 10. We'll, we'll, we'll end up there. We'll kind of start bowing out there. 
Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth the whole law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Do you know what the word commit means? Committeth means to practice. If you go on down and, and, and read a few more verses here. Oh, let me think. Verse 8. He that commits sin is of the devil. Let's, let's think for just a moment. Commit. If you commit sin... That means you, you stumble or make a mistake. That's what God's talking about back there in, in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. You have an advocate. He says, I'd rather you would not, but if you do, you have an advocate. Then if you go down to uh, verse 8, he talks about that again, he that committeth, he's talking about practicing sin. He's talking about um, having a relationship. Um, habitually, habit that you do that's wrong without too much thought. Because you've done it so long. And you've kept doing it. And you do something that's wrong and you know it's wrong. And the Spirit of God is saying in your ear, hey, that's wrong. That's wrong. And as time progresses, it gets a little fainter and fainter to where you're becoming dull to the hearing. And you're not hearing him as often. And he's, he's trying to get your attention and he's trying to shake you up. But it's not working it's not getting through that thick skull and hard heart of yours. Because God wants fellowship. He wants a relationship with you. He, he, wants, he wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to be intimate. He wants to, be, he wants to talk with you. He wants to be able to know in your heart and mind that all you think about is him. Because he loves you so much that he gave the very best he had. On the cross of Calvary. And that was Jesus. That was Jesus. Now notice. Notice. What he talks about there. And you know. In that verse 5. He was manifested. So that's our first. Uh, blank to fill in. Manifested. Manifested means to take away sins. It's to make evident. Or certain by showing. Or displaying. Or obvious. Manifested. He was manifested. He was put in place. He was lifted. He, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, he said, I'll draw all men to me. He said, if I, if I will be put up on the cross of Calvary, he said, if I be lifted up, he said, I'll draw all men to me. So I wonder for a moment, as we think about this, Last point. Commitment. Are you committed to something in your life that's, that's not quite right? 
Is there something that's gnawing in your life that, that may be having you pull down and kind of tainting your life, if that's possible? See, as Christians, as believers, we kind of have that tendency that we're not always walking in fellowship with him because something may hinder that. We may have a, 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 spot, between, a, a spot between our, our husband and wife. The, one of the kids may be uh, unruly and, and, and they're doing, and so we're, we're thinking some thoughts that maybe that we shouldn't think. And we, we're, we're kind of, we're, we're almost going out the door and, and, and kicking the cat on the way out. Because we're, we're mad, we're upset. What does the Bible say? Be angry and sin not. Be angry at sin. Be angry at, at what's going on. Don't be angry at the sinner. You know, one of the things that talks about in this, and, and I really didn't, because there's actually were some others that I could have got to that I didn't, not going to, is loving your brother. Can you say any, can you say anyone and everyone that you love them? Do you find yourself walking down the road and if you see someone coming, you have to walk to the other side of the road to get away? Say, I don't really like that person or because they, you know, they just, they get under my skin. You ever, ever hear that saying? You're kind of, they just bother me. The Bible says, you know that you have passed from death unto life when you love the brethren. How can you love God in whom you have not seen and love God or love, love your brother whom you have seen? That's, that's Bible. See, one of, the, one of the things we have to think about in this committing, and, and, and if you look at that verse 8 for a moment, that, that's one of the Things I want you to fill in there. He that committeth sin is of the devil. There, there comes a time that you give place to the devil in your life. Do you, and the pastor had a good point the other day about Adam hiding from God because he'd give place to the devil. And I really, I really appreciated that, that point that he gave. See, when God comes calling, do we hide? Do we, do we shun ourselves away from God because of what we have here? Adam knew he sinned. What's the first thing he did? The woman you gave me, she made me do it. See, always blaming someone else. We're responsible. For, we're we're going to give an account for our own selves. We're going to do that. That's what the Bible teaches. Commitment. Relationship. Fellowship. Do you know tonight you have fellowship with God? Do you know that If you see him face to face, 
Do you think he doesn't know when we're out of fellowship? And I'm not just saying, I'm saying we, because we have the tendency from time to time to just not walk in fellowship with God. And I don't know if it's always because we don't feel good or we don't have the right feeling, but we're not supposed to be going by feeling, but we're going by faith. We walk by faith. And if you notice there in that verse 9, and I'm going to give that to you, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. Notice the last part of that verse 9. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. He is born of God. A Christian, a believer, there comes a point where you realize that God's the only thing. You may try something and dabble in sin for a while. You may even get out of church. You may even seem to not have the interest in serving God. But you know what? God has an interest in you. God doesn't want to let you go without a fight. I mean, God is going to throw everything he can at you just to get you to realize. Get you on your knees and on your face to realize that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. Everyone stand, if you would, please. Father, as we come to you this evening...